previously on Searching for Ghosts. Quote, Larry Markowski told police he met his wife's sister at the Interstate 40 exit for Waverly to pick up his daughter for the weekend. They went to Little Rock, Arkansas and returned to his home in Gleason late Sunday morning. According to Johnny, the plans to take Bethany to Little Rock were unknown to her until she spoke with Bethany over the phone that Saturday. It was from my understanding he was going to take her and pick up a friend in Gleason and he was going to take them skating Friday night. I found out that they had gone to Little Rock, Arkansas instead of going um, skating that night and they were visiting a friend. Well, I didn't even know nothing about skating. I just, that's just something new to me that I learned yesterday. I was like, well, I never knew I was supposed to go skating with her. And she said, well, you're the only one that can help, Larry. He's about to lose it. I'm afraid he's going to kill himself or hurt somebody. She said, will you just please come? I got a got my pickup and go all the way from Little Rock back to Gleason to his house. I've been getting a lot of questions about the trip to Little Rock, about if I've tried talking to people there. The mention of Little Rock is one of the things that people have picked up on is standing out. Some people somewhat close to Johnny have even questioned if Bethany ever went there. Here's Darlene that you heard in Episode 3, The Hillary Story who worked for Johnny's divorce attorney. I don't think there was an affirmation. There could have been. And I just don't know of her being there at all. Right. In Arkansas. Right. Well, the trip to Arkansas did indeed happen. In fact, you've already heard from the person who Larry and Bethany visited, Harold Roberts from Episode 5, The School. If you remember, Johnny and Bethany left Larry in January. The end of that month is when the school debacle happened. Bethany went missing a little over a month after that. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts, Season 2. Where is Bethany Markowski? Johnny explains that after the school debacle, unsupervised visitation was not something that she wanted, but that's how it shook out, and that the judge soon regretted that decision. I never, ever, never wanted Larry Markowski and Bethany not to have a relationship for them not to see each other. I wanted supervised visitation, you know, for a while until to see how everything would go. My goal was not to take her away from him. But my goal was not to give her to him either, yeah. not, you know, just hand her over. And that's what I wanted in court was supervised visitation. And uh, he got unsu- unsupervised visitation. So when Bethany disappeared before our divorce was final, he recused himself from the case and said, you know, probably one of the biggest mistakes he'd, he had made in his career was giving him unsupervised visitation. Now back to the weekend that Bethany disappeared. Here's Harold again talking about a change in Bethany's demeanor 
And the Larry he describes on Saturday is the polar opposite of the Larry on Sunday that supposedly let his daughter go into the mall alone. One weekend, while, you know, he was getting to see her, I told him, I said, well, uh, Larry, I said, why don't you come out here, stay the weekend with us, go to church with us Sunday. I said, these people out here are hippie. And there was a girl there by the name of Sherry Dickens. She was kind of interested in meeting him. But she didn't want to go too far because she knew he was still married. Right. So she was wanting to meet him, and she was friends of mine and Debbie's, and a real good Christian girl. So anyway, that's what he done. He come out there that weekend, and, uh, you know, when when Bethany came in, naturally I hadn't seen her in well over two months. I hadn't seen her, laid eyes on her. Anyway... She didn't have anything to do with me. And so I dismissed it. And, you know, I thought, well, she's going through a whole lot. But I did notice that Larry, you know, I was noticing things that Larry wasn't letting her out of his sight. It was, it was kind of, after looking back at it, it was kind of like she was, he was afraid she was going to tell us something that he didn't want us to know. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm not kidding you. The whole time that they was there, he never let her out of his sight. And the uh, only time he did is when we went out to eat. And he let Bethany stay there with, with my son, Jonathan, with uh, with uh, Sherry's son, Daniel, and then Jonathan's girlfriend. Uh, and we went out to eat. Well, that was on a that was on a Saturday. We done that. Harold states that they had spent that Friday night when Larry and Bethany first got there, trying to cheer up Larry. And this all-nighter could explain why Larry would take a nap in a parking lot. Yeah. He came in on Friday night. We stayed up and talked all night Friday night. We had uh, we had several people there. It was uh, Sherry, another girl named Sherry, which is my sister-in-law, my wife, Debbie, people from church, uh, John and Sue Moore, and... So we stood up and just talked, drunk coffee and talked, trying to cheer him up. According to Harold, after they went out to eat, that Saturday night was shaping up to be a repeat of Friday, until Larry unexpectedly decided to cut it short. Next day we went out to eat, okay? And that's when she stayed with him. Well, that night, which was Saturday night, we had a little cookout there at the house. And a bunch of people came over from the church, and we got around the piano, and we were singing songs, playing piano, playing guitars, singing gospel music. And then all of a sudden, he just jumped up and said, I'm going home. Just right out of the blue. And Harold states that Larry said something to him that still haunts him to this day. And he still wonders that if his response would have been different, would it have changed everything? Sometimes I can't remember exactly how it went down. How it was said, I do remember what I said to him, but I can't remember exactly how he put it. But I do remember how he put it when he walked out the door that night. But I, I won't tell you this. He said to me, he said, well, why, I'm going to take my van uh, down to uh, Port of Mexico and leave it down there, and you can have it. You just come get it. It'll be yours. I said, well, hey, you can't do that. I said, y'all are fighting a battle, Custy. I said, it's a good chance you might win. Some of this, since Johnny's run off in the banding, you know, there's a lot of things I didn't know it went down. Right. I didn't know Larry was beating her. Yeah. Stuff like that. She hid that from me. And I was talking about that. 
anyway, I told him, I said, you can't do that. I said, plus that, I said, let the FBI go right into Mexico and pick your butt up. Yeah. I said, they got right to go down there. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I hadn't told him that. I wish I'd let him go on down there. We'd have that. get a phone call from Larry some four hours later, but he was far from home. Well, I got a phone call at 1.30 in the morning, going back to that, and uh, he said that he was uh, close to Memphis. I said, well, you, you've had time to be home, Larry. I said, it's been four hours, four to four and a half. Yeah. I said, you've had time to be all the way home. I said, where are you at? And he told me he was in uh, Forest City. Between Forest City and... Uh, Memphis. Well, I didn't think anything about that either. And and I said, well, when you get home, I don't care what time it is, Larry, when you get on home, you got up, you took a nap, right? He said, yeah. I said, when you get home, call me, and I want to know when you're safe in that house. And Bethany's safe. So that's all I want. I'm asking. Okay. I'll do it. I never heard no more out of him. Not a peep. Harold says he still didn't think much about this strange weekend until he came home Sunday night to some messages on his phone. This is a little lengthy, but I'm just going to let this roll in its entirety, without interruption. There's nothing more for me to add. Went to church that morning, come back, we went out to eat because it was all tired. Went out to eat and we uh, didn't want to cook nothing. And so then I come home, I took a nap and I slept. I guess it was from 1 o'clock to time to go back to church that night. We went to church that night, came back home, and I had uh, North Little Rock police had left a message on my phone, and uh, so did Jackson, Tennessee. They didn't say anything. They didn't tell me anything on the recording. They just said, call them. Well, I was, I called Little Rock first. I kid you not. It was 10 to 15 cars pulled up in my driveway. Thought, what in the Sam Hill's going on? Right. It still didn't dawn on me, you know. Yeah. You know, anyway, they came in. The chief did. He said, uh, "Did you get a phone call from 
Jackson too. And I said, yeah, I was going to call them, but I called y'all first because y'all close. I said, I'm kind of want to know what's going on. He said, well, we can't tell you nothing yet. He said, but we are going to search your house. We have permission to do that. And I said, well, sure. I said, you matter of fact, you tell me what you're looking for. I might be able to help you. He said, we can't tell you nothing, Mr. Roberts. He said, just bear with us. We're going to do our job. And then we, we're going to get down to the, some bottom of some stuff. He said, but let us do our job first. I said, okay. So we kind of backed up and just watched. They'd ask us a couple questions every once in a while. But they searched the basement. They searched the uh, house. They searched the attic. They searched all the way around the house in the woods. And after they'd done all that, then he told me, he said, he said, all right, we're going to call Jackson Police. How many calls do you have? And I said, three. He said, are they on the same line? I said, yeah. He said, can I be on one while you talk? I said, yes, sir. So we called Jackson Police. This is the first that I'd heard what was going on. When Jackson Police answered, he, he asked me, he said, are you Harold Rogers? I said, yes, I am. He said, was Larry and Beckman at your house over the weekend? I said, yes, they was. And I said, can you tell me what's going on? He said, well, Bethany has disappeared. And I said, how? What, what, what do you mean disappeared? He said, she's been abducted. I said, is Larry where I can talk to him? He said, oh, yeah, we're going to let you talk to Larry. So Larry got on the phone. And they was, of course, listening to Larry, too. Right. And I said, Larry, what, what's going on? He said, Bethany uh, Ann got abducted from the mall. I said, what mall? He said, the mall in Jackson. I said, well, how did this take place? I said, how did she get abducted from you? He said, well, I went to bed and let her go in. I said, there, something don't sound right about that. I said, I said that don't sound right. I said, ain't no way in the world you let Becky go in that mall and you not go with her. I said, I know better than this. I said, then what's going on? And, uh, he said, I'm serious, Harold. And I told him, I said, I want, and I even got this on recording, what I told him. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's up. But whatever you're doing, it's not going to work. You need to get Bethany back to Johnny. I said, you're getting in deep water. I said, they're going to they're gonna uh, put you in jail for kidnapping, buddy. I said, you, you can't get by with this. Huh? And my amazement, he has. Yeah. Basically, that's basically all I can really tell you about how everything went down. It, uh, it's, it's a lot of things I've seen and caught him at after the fact. In fact, I don't even have nothing to do with him no more. Right. Uh, but I've caught him in so many lies about how things went down. And I told him, I said, Larry, I'm going to tell you something. I said, if you're telling the truth, the truth will always be the same story. I said, no matter... I said, you might be able to add stuff to the truth that you forgot, but it won't change the theme of that story. I said, every time you tell me what's going on, you tell, you're changing the whole theme. Yeah. I said, I've been caught you in three different lies. I said, you're lying to me about what went on. I said, so after a period of time, the FBI, I told him that I didn't want nothing else to do with him until he come clean on this. I said, I stand by you, Larry. No matter what, if you come clean on what's going on, I'll back you up. I'll stand behind you. I said, but I don't want nothing to do with you right now. Well, you're lying about this. I said, you got a mother and 
uh, Nashville that's worried about her daughter. I said, all the people inside on you that was raised with Bethany, including us, we worried about it. I said, we love that girl. And we won't know what's happened to her. And I said, until you come clean, I don't want nothing else to do with you. If you have any information about Bethany Markowski, no matter how small you think it is, call 1-800-THE-LOST. Hey guys, Brandon here. Want to support Searching for Ghosts and look cool doing it? Well, now you can, and just in time for Christmas. The SFG store is up and running. We have three designs to choose from, including the quote-unquote shirt that I know the hardcore SFG fans will appreciate. We have multiple colors to choose from, t-shirts for men and women, and hoodies. I'll have the link in the show notes of this episode. You can also find the store at the top of the Searching for Ghosts Facebook page. Your support will help us keep SFG going. Thanks, guys. On the next episode of Searching for Ghosts. Woke up that morning and <clears throat> he was selling the furniture out of the house. You know, we were just selling the furniture. You know, if we're moving to Nashville, we don't, in an apartment, we don't need all that furniture. Telling me that he was in Forest City, it just got up between Forest City, it, he wasn't there. He was, he was, he was already in Tennessee. He was already on the other side of Grayson. She, uh, she, to me, she seemed not herself. And I kept asking her what was wrong, and she kept brushing me off. Uh, saying, look at my new phone. I got a new phone. I was like, well, where'd you get your new phone from? And she said, my dad bought it for me. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was things that you, you that happens on TV. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to act. Yeah.